Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Move Your Mind. My name is Nick Brax, and this is a podcast where we have real conversations with real people and give real advice. One of the things I love about this podcast is being able to talk to people from all walks of life and hear about their journey and their experience with mental health and how they overcame issues. Jonathan Moran is Australia's authority on all things entertainment, from film to TV, music and everything in between. He has more than 20 years of experience in journalism and also hosts the top-rating National Confidential Show on Nova Radio and the JMO Confidential Podcast. Thank you for supporting Move Your Mind, and if you'd like to learn more, you can go to moveyourmind.me, or you can check out the Move Your Mind book at nickbrax.com book. This episode was recorded some time ago while people were still in isolation during COVID, hence the references in the interview. Thank you so much, mate, for coming and having this chat. We've done a bit of back and forth, and I've known you for, I don't know how long now, and we haven't, yeah, but this is why I like the podcast. I get to sit down and spend, you know, half an hour, an hour talking people that I don't get the time to talk to a lot of the time so thanks for doing it Matt. Yeah it's my pleasure I love watching what you've been doing and obviously being um, a journalist covering you on Dancing with the Stars or whatever the hell you did I'm sure you did that show and um, you know it's nice to (laughs) dig a little bit deeper and and to be honest with you I think you're probably trying not to interview you here because it's a natural habit but you know you would be used to, like me, being underestimated in life. People be like, he's the pretty dude, um, model, whatever, um, and there's so much more depth, which is really nice to see. I haven't read your book, looking forward to it, um, but I love the stuff you're doing in the mental health and uh, space and just having conversations because that's the way we need to live life. Totally, mate. I think it's just, you know, that's the thing. That's the whole point of the podcast and what I'm trying to do with this is just having, you know, n- nothing unique, just having open conversations and trying to let people learn from other people and you know we're all human we all have ups and downs and it's normal you know it's actually it it would be abnormal not to have that so it's kind of crazy that a lot of people don't you know feel comfortable talking about it yeah and I think there's a really nice thing I mean like I find it weird that anyone would be remotely interested if you're listening to this and you're turning off now that's fine but I find it weird that people would give a shit what I have to say but you know opinions are like assholes I say this every day that we've all got them and you know sometimes we can connect with someone's opinion sometimes we can't we can disagree but you know opinions life is a beautiful thing so share your thoughts share you can agree and disagree with different things in life but you know here we are totally it's fine it's fine to disagree and i think that's you know a problem in the world at the moment there's a lot of polarization where you know we've got to find somewhere in the middle and you know you can have different opinions but it doesn't mean you have to you know berate each other because of it so it's sort of whole nother conversation anyway but before we um get into it are you able to give just for our listeners like a little bit of a background on yourself and sort of how you came to you know where you are now okay so i'm jonathan moran or jonathan moran my my mother will be rolling in her grave it's moran not moran not moron it's moran Uh, my nickname's jmo like jlo i'm a bit of a diva and i don't mind that reputation i've been a journalist for 20 something years I'm 43 in human years. I'm 301 in gay years because it's like dogs or animals. There's seven gay years to one human year. Um, and, yeah, I, I am an entertainment journalist, 
Some people would call me a gossip writer. I hate that term. Um, I don't I like. I mean, people can ask me about it, but I don't. I just don't like it because I studied journalism in Canberra. Um, I grew up in Canberra. To my mother was a single parent with a bureaucrat, and um, you know, working in Parliament House. So I, you know, I have a very um, keen interest in politics. So I'm excited that you're the son of a politician. But it doesn't even mention that on your Wikipedia, my friend. Um, Good. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, I. I. Um, yeah, I, I like being underestimated in that sense because people just think I'm some entertainment dude and that's all that I am. I like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And people, you know, people are, I think every people like gravitate to the lowest common denominator normally and that's, I guess, you know, that's what you learn and similar to me being in that, like you were saying before, being in that entertainment world, um, it's like, you know, whatever the most simple thing is is what people will gravitate towards and then they'll decide, okay, this is how we define this person based on, this one thing that we've heard because that's, you know, we need to categorise things or it makes it easier to understand when that's not life, you know, it's complicated and yeah. uh, everyone's complicated and we're all, we're not any one thing. We, we can be multiple things. Mate, I'm a fucking mess, a red hot mess, not just complicated. Yeah. Well, who's not though? And I mean, you know, being able to actually say and admit that probably makes you less of a mess than a lot of people that are, you right. know, pushing it down and who knows, but anyway, Mm. Um, I pre- appreciate the honesty, mate. Uh, so I guess like to start off with, you know, how, how, how have you found lockdown and, uh, that whole period? I guess it's like in, you were saying, you know, before we started it's in month number three of lockdown or. Yeah, we've just, we're, this is the end of week 12 of lockdown and we've got at least wow. another five weeks to go before freedom day. And even when freedom day comes on October 18, I don't know how free it's going to be. Um, I'm okay with it. I think, you know, I think we've, for the most part, there's been a lot of stuff ups on the federal government level in Australia from the rollout of the vaccine. But, you know, we got whipped into shape pretty quickly and um, and sorted our shit out and, and you know, life's back on track. Um, we're in lockdown just doing our thing. Um, I'm okay. I'm up and down. It's a corona coaster. Um, I'm living my life just doing the best I can. And it's it's tough, you know. I'm living with my boyfriend and my housemate, who's making her breakfast out in the in the kitchen. Um, we're all living on top of each other, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting times. But then I kind of think to myself, well, maybe I should try and appreciate it because this is a moment in history. My mum never experienced anything like this in her 56 years that she was alive. Um, I don't know if my grandfather went with the Spanish flu, you know, whatever. So um, it's it's just you just got to sort of smell the roses and find the beauty in what we've got, the simplicity of it. Yeah, remind ourselves that, it, you know, it will things will change and get better and it will pass, but it sort of can feel like it's going forever when, you, when you're in it, but it's, um, it's a hard thing to do. It's still a tough thing to do. And, 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 and I was so before COVID, pre-COVID, BC, um, my world, my life, my worldview was always so fast. I was on and off a plane. I would have gone overseas at least once every six weeks on on average. I was, everything was fast. And, um, and there's been a beauty in being still. Last night at the dinner table, my boyfriend said, oh, I'd love to go to, I kind of, Russia, I want to go to Moscow. And, and I said, I just want to get out of Zetland first. Like, that's our suburb in Sydney. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. But I, the thought of um, 
it's just a weird world, isn't it? No. Well, and that's one of the questions I was going to ask you, because, you know, I know, you know, with your work, it, it involves that and traveling around and it's, you know, it's sort of fast paced and you're on planes and all that sort of thing. Like, how, how do you, how do you think, or what do you feel like the adjustment will be when things do sort of go back to normal? Do you think you'll find like a bit of a, a middle ground or have you enjoyed being able to, you know, reel um, things back, back a little bit, or are you, you excited to, you know, get back into that fast paced life again? Uh, I'm a bit anxious about it, to be honest. When lockdown happened last year, when it all happened, it was the anxiety of is the world going to end? And then when this lockdown happened and we're three months in, it's like, well, okay, this is a bit weird. I thought we were done with this, but, um, okay, I'm going to go with it. I know how to do it. I'm going to try and make the most of it. And there's been this corona coaster of craziness and and whatever. Um, and now that we're like, okay, we're nearly at 80 70% vaccinated and then nearly at 80% after that, um, and the thought of going back to normal, um, it almost terrifies me, if I'm brutally honest with mm. you, because what mm. does normal mean? Um, and do I want to go back to that situation where I'm in the office 12 hours a day? Um, working from home has its pros and it has its cons, but I don't know, getting back on that that roller coaster kind of scares me. It's so interesting, isn't it? It's sort of like until we sometimes, you know, and that's one of the blessings of COVID, it's given people that um, forced sort of um, time to be able to stop and, and look at things. And a lot of the time we, what we think we want isn't necessarily what's best for us or, yeah. you know, we, we, but we don't have time to evaluate it. And then it's, you know, how do you find that middle ground? And, uh, you know, I struggle with that a lot. You know, how do you find a healthy medium? Because, you know, I always just want to take whatever it is to the extreme either, you know, on either end. So it's like I don't want to miss a out. challenge. I, I have yeah. FOMO in every sense of the word and every sense of life. So um, when life starts going faster again, I'm I won't want to miss anything. So I'll accept every opportunity. And there's something great mm-hmm. in that. But it's also like, hang on, how do I look after my health? How do I look after my mm-hmm. mental health? Um, so yeah, in that sense, it kind of scares me. But in other ways, it excites me. I'd love to travel. But are we ever going to get back to that, you know, carefree travel that we used to have? I don't know. And maybe we shouldn't. Maybe I, I genuinely believe that we took the piss and that we didn't appreciate what we had. Like I would go to Bali for a weekend. Like that's just mm-hmm. stupid. That's a seven-hour flight to Bali for two nights. Like that's just stupid. Like why would you do that and pay $1,000 to for just that weekend? I would go to... Um, you know, the US for two days and then come back for an interview for work. Um, mm. I went to London for three days two years ago before COVID and that was because I was doing an interview with Cher or someone like that. And, um, you know, like that's just stupid. And and then and, and I'm not sort of some crazy environmentalist. I certainly would lean more on the left side of politics than the right and so therefore more towards Labor and Green and so on. But, mm. you know, if I just think about what that's doing to the environment and what that's doing to the world, I think humans are selfish. We're selfish fucks. <laughs> Am I yeah, I th- you can swear, you can say whatever you want. No, um, but I think I think where we don't mean to be selfish, but we are by nature of, you know, what I think it's just that sort of thing that's, you know, in it's capitalism and it's been taught, taught to us. I mean, you see it so much living over in America and, it's this thing that's been ingrained in us and nothing. We, it's never been challenged. Hopefully, you know, now this is going to be that catalyst for changing because when you're like you're saying, when you think about it, it's like, well, why was it necessary to fly 
across the world for, you know, one interview when you can just do it over Zoom or something like that. So I think, you know, a lot of things will change in that way. But, um, yeah, it makes you question a lot of things, doesn't it? Was it was only really, I'm 10 years older than you, so it was only really until I was 15, even a few years older, so like the end of my teens, travelling overseas was not a normal thing. Mm. Like mm. people with money did it, but certainly for me when I was a kid, my mum was a single parent and we went to Bali when I was seven because it was the only place my mum could afford and she really wanted us to, my twin sister and I, to experience um, another culture. And then um, when I was 13, we went to Sri Lanka and there was a war there, the Tamil Tigers and the, the whole situation was blown up. I remember seeing tanks and rifles and stuff like that but we went there because that was where we could afford and then we um didn't go overseas again for many years so you know like it wasn't and and i know even to this day there's a lot of australians that have never been overseas there's certainly a lot of americans that have never they wouldn't even know where australia is so um i don't know it was that sort of 20 20 year period where the world went crazy crazy yep yep and 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 i think a lot of it yeah, totally. And, and you know, I think a lot of things um, we, you know, become a product of what whatever environment we're, we're in. And I think you can sort of lose perspective on certain things, especially being in, you know, the entertainment world and you're around a lot of people that are successful and you're having all these crazy experiences and you almost, you can forget that that's not day-to-day reality and that's not how a lot of people live. And then that becomes the normal for you. So it's sort of when you can pull back, you realize, wow, you know, that's fun. And I'm gl- glad I had that experience, but there's also, you know, this isn't what life's about. And there's a lot of other, you know, things that are important in life. And I do think that there is an amazing beauty and the best lesson in life is travel and learning from other yeah. cultures. And I did a student exchange to Germany when I was 17. It was one of the best experiences of my life. The friends that I have in Hanover in Germany are the some the closest friends in my life, I'm godfather to, to their children and um, even though I don't believe in God. And, uh, you know, I think there's a huge, that is a hugely important thing. I just think we took the excesses for granted and took the piss out of it. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. You know, why does everyone have to get married overseas? Why can't they get married in the beauty of, you know, whatever? It's let's just strip it back a little bit, make it a special occasion. But maybe I'm just pontificating. And you could say tomorrow I could have a completely different view. <laughs> Which, 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 you know, is, is fine. <laughs> we'll have to do a follow-up interview and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll ask you what your views are on a few of these things. Yeah. Um, so w- with the work, with your industry and what you've, you know, being in the entertainment world and as a journalist and the work you've been doing, what, what are the things that um, you've found most fulfilling about being in that industry and taken the most, you know, joy out of? What have you... What have well, you taken I, pride, out of that? I pride myself in I'm a journalist first and an entertainment journalist second. So yep. I pride myself in journalism. Um, have I made mistakes? Sure. But, you know, I studied for three years at Canberra University. Um, I did cross-institutional studies. At, I did some, some subjects at ANU, Australian National University in Canberra. I um, uh, did a year cadetship at Australian Associated Press. So I consider myself to be a, a journalist. I, I, I do totally. shorthand. Um, you know, I learned all those old school journalism things 
Um, and so I look at myself as a journalist, and that's why I don't like the word gossip writer because it's not that just simplifies it down to the lowest common denominator. Um, yep. So I, 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 I am a journalist, and 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 that's the prism through which I see a story, even if it is as simple as some sort of gossipy showbiz something. I get up in the morning and I'm doing my job as a journalist. I don't know if, I don't know if that may even makes sense, but that's how I it see does. it. That's yeah. how I see it and I take it very seriously um, and I try and treat it with respect. I try and treat it with, um, you know, the, the, just doing, let's take you, for example, let's say we did a picture story for um, Dancing with the Stars. I try and treat that with the same respect that I would treat if I was doing a press conference with the Prime Minister or the Premier or dealing with a homicide situation or the Bali bombings or something like that. And I know they're completely different, but I, I try try being the optimal word optimum word uh to treat it the same yeah totally which is it's it's so important i think and especially you know in this day and age with um you know so much information out there it's i think it's you know we need credible people like yourself because well, like and, and you know how, how do you decipher in this day and age that, like we're we're presented with so much information now i mean that's, that's I mean, everyone's a citizen journalist everyone has yeah camera everyone's on social media they all think again everyone's got an opinion they're like assholes we've all got them but it, yeah. it is um you know the the difference between me as a journalist working for the daily telegraph um or doing a radio show on nova or podcasting or doing whatever is that i have that experience that i mentioned before and um i know what the real story is so um, the Daily Mail yesterday ran a story saying rumoured Michael Clark is doing um, SAS Australia reality show. Well, they didn't know anything. They probably heard from someone that, you know, like one tiny nugget, but they, do they make all the phone calls? Do they get the actual story? So in today's paper, we have the real story because I pick up the phone, I ring Michael, I ring his manager, I do all the journalism things you're supposed to do. Um, yeah. and, and, and we've got the real story. So Michael Clark did sign a contract to do SAS Australia. Uh, a week ago, earlier this week, he pulled out because he has a back injury. Um, so, mm. no, he's not doing it. But, you know, there's the there's lazy journalism, there's good journalism. I'm not, I'm not pontificating and saying I'm either. I'm just saying that um, I pride myself in trying to be a proper journalist. Which is great. And and there's a lot a of lazy shit journalists out there and are people out there just pretending to be journalists or saying, you know, wanting to be part of that. And it's probably worse mm. in the celebrity world because the people always want to be a little bit of a, a taste of that rich and famous and celebrity stuff. Totally. But in all, all honesty, it's all bullshit. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. And I think it's a problem, you know, in so many industries now in, you know, the world we live in, everyone wants, you know, a, a quick fix or to be, you know, to be famous or, you know, people on social media or doing, you know, because all these avenues. But I think the reality is, you know, even if you can, um, if you can sort of get some quick success and you take shortcuts, it's not going to last. You know, if you do things properly and with integrity and like you're saying, at just trying to put your best foot forward all the time, you're going to have longer term success and you're well, going to build something, you know. Well, I think yeah. so. Yeah, and I hope you're right. But then I... I find it quite depressing um, when I see the TikTokers and the Instagrammers and the Facebookers that all, um, you know, they don't have any skill that goes behind what they, oh, they do and they're earning millions of dollars. I'm it's incredibly depressing. Because um, 
Go for it, yeah. The internet sometimes cuts out if that door's closed. So if it cuts out, I'll have to open it. Oh, no. No problem, mate. But anyway, yeah, I find that whole sort of social media, Insta fame um, world pretty um, difficult because um, it sort of discounts all the other experience that other people have. And then you're like, well, maybe I should have done it that way or maybe I shouldn't have. And, you know, in general, I'm against influencers for the points of influencing sake. But I also understand it has a legitimate part of the business of entertainment and and so on. But I do think people need to earn their stripes. They need to prove themselves. Um, if you just went out, and, and I know you don't like, I'm assuming you don't like this line, but if you just went out and said, I'm Nick Brax, the son of the former Premier of Victoria, and I want to do Dancing with the Stars, I want to be a model, I want to be an influencer, um, you know, from my observation, you fought very hard from being referred to as the son of, and I respect that because while I respect your dad, I think he's an amazing man and, and was a great um, premier of Victoria, um, a really great premier actually, but I, I respect that you want to make your own name and that can be really difficult. But there's a lot of people in the entertainment world that just take the free ride and expect, yeah, to, be, and expect to be respected. There's a lot of people. I don't care. Yeah, and got a million followers on instagram because you've got a six-pack or big boobs and a nice bum like that's that's if i if i had a six-pack and a ripped body then i would have more than 11 or ten thousand followers on instagram that's just a fact yeah fact. it's crazy does that mean that they've got more influence than i do i don't know what does influence even mean but you know i know that i have a job as a journalist and and i write that for a full-time job and my you know, the paper that we sell each day online is read by a million people or whatever it is, and that each story online is read by X amount of people. But I've got 10,000 followers on Instagram and then someone who literally just gets their tits out or their six-pack. Yeah. You know, imagine all, the, imagine all the thirsty comments you get on your posts. You, you will post a post about something really worthy and really important to you and you'll get, less comments than if you post a shot with you in your speedos or whatever probably oh, it's depressing it's depressing and it's like it's like what you're saying like i was talking to someone about this just earlier today and it's just it's it, it's so confusing now where you're like what is even a celebrity anymore when you've got these people with you know 50 million followers on tiktok like you're saying for you know getting their ass out or like doing some weird dance and you know literally having no talent and you know a 16 year old girl that just by chance or does some weird thing on there, you know, ends up buying a house and making all this money and whatever. And then, so they've got 50 million and then you've got like an actual like credible celebrity that's got, you know, the, wh how do you decipher anymore? Like what's what? It's very, but it's you confusing. Made a, you made but a very clear decision that you were going to go along a certain line and that line was that you you wanted to be respected for, for, for your work in this mental health advocacy real life discussion space but oh, you totally. could have you could have gone down that path of just showing off your body and and there are you posts can, there yeah. are posts on your thing on your uh sorry there are posts on your instagram that you do have your shirt off but it's it's fewer and far between and most of them are are about stuff that means something to you but i guarantee you 
I, I, I'd like to be wrong, but I guarantee you the ones that you post the thirsty pics are much more likely to get you more followers oh, than the one absolutely. where you say, I spoke to this person who's a quadriplegic who, um, you know, is dealing with shit oh, in life. Totally. Thank you so much for supporting Move Your Mind. We're expanding the offerings of the organization and we're tailoring everything we do to suit you guys and to try and answer to all of your needs and the questions that you send in. The book is available globally. You can find all of the links at nickbrax.com book. And we've just released the Move Your Mind community. We've currently got a men's community group, a women's community group, a general group. We're going to be lo loading up other groups and you can find all of the links at moveyourmind.me. This group's been created based on the needs of what we've heard and learnt throughout running Move Your Mind. And we have live events, we've got courses, we've got huge amounts of value, the ability to share information, share ideas, work in groups together to, to grow and share your learnings, to learn about different topics. You get email reminders. There's a whole lot of features in there. We're constantly updating it and we're so excited to share it with you. You can find all of the information about it at moveyourmind.me. Totally. It's and really fucking depressing. It's, oh, I, I find it incredibly depressing. And I, I think, you know, I think long-term, you know, all of the, you know, if you want to use your body or take short, you know, you can get, you could get followers and it might help you in the short term. I don't think any of that stuff sustains. There's always going to be, you know, a new person that's going to do it. So I think, you know, if it's it's not going to help long term anyway. Is the way I try and you know cope with all of that crap. But, but don't but get me at wrong. The same time, I would love to have it's... your body. I would love to have. Your body, right? so <laughs> well, mate, I don't know good. if the body. Body. I'm 34 years old now, mate, and I'm not. I'm not as not as ripped as I used to be. But you know, it's it's not too bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm, but... I'm just saying, like, I would love to have a six pack and be that dude. But it's just not my path. It's not who I am. But, and no, but whatever. also like like you're saying it's you know like even with this book like i'm you know i don't have a huge following on social media i got like nineteen thousand on instagram but i'm like trying to promote a book and i i believe in this book and a lot of work's gone into it got really good experts and all that sort of thing and i've got you know like my manager i've got the publishing company all people saying you know nick you got to do this you got to get onto tiktok you got to blow i'm like i sort of tried to do it a bit and i'm like i just it'll never work if it's I, not authentic I, and you don't feel i don't I feel yuck doing it. I can't sustain every day putting crap on there that I don't believe in. I don't want to. Like, it's yeah. just so, and and I do. Like, I find it so depressing, like, what you're saying. It's just, like, fucking, mm. what what has the world come to? Um, <laughs> but anyway, I don't know. When I was a boy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, mate. Oh, Thank man. You. Anyway, it, it is what it is, isn't it? Um. Yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like having conversations around mental health, having been um, in a, you know, I've been in some pretty dark spaces. I still am on medication. You know, I think it's really important to talk about these things so that um, it may not mean that, you know, that like I have the big following on Instagram, but at least it, it opens up some conversation. Oh, totally, mate. I think the, you know, the message is sort of, um, you know, if you, you could put crap out to a million people, or you could put something that could actually help someone or potentially save their life in an extreme case. And only if, even if that reaches just one person, mm -hmm. that's, that's more beneficial, you know, like if you can, if you can do that. So I think it's a, a good way to look at it, you know, quality over, over, over quantity. But um, mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I was going to ask you, you know, you've, you've, you've talked a lot about mental health, um, you know, in your, in your past and you mm -hmm. I know you're, you're interested in, in that area and, you know, have a, 
a, a passion as well for trying to help in that area. You know, what what's your sort of, um, you know, view on the mental health landscape at the moment and, um, um, you know, yeah, where, where, what, what, what sort of stuff, you know, um, do you feel strongly about in that area? Well, controversially, I think that there's a lot of tokenistic stuff going on mental health. And I think there's a lot of amazing people like yourself um, that are out there trying to have conversations. But the reality is the people in power, I don't think, you know, they say all the right things, but I don't actually think that they are doing the right things. Mental health funding is the first thing to get card um, mm-hmm. in budgets. It's, you know, I, th- I think that there's a lot of bullshit and a lot of tokenistic conversations happening. But in, in reality, um, I don't believe necessarily that we've come as far as we should. Um, you know, when I was, I'm 43, when I was 19 and first tried to commit suicide in Canberra, um, you know, it was a very different space back then and, and we weren't talking about mental health at all. So, you mm. know, we have come a long way, but we haven't come far enough, in my opinion, because we've gone to that point where everyone, like it's a, it's a, it's a fad, it's a um, buzzword or a buzz thing to, to admit or to talk about your mental health, but what's the next step? And I'm not saying I know what the next step is, but I certainly think that governments here, abroad, around the world, need to um, actually. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. ...deliver on the promises a bit more than they actually do. I, I couldn't agree no, I couldn't agree with you more, Loden. I and also, you know, I really appreciate, you know, how open you are about your own, you know, past and just, you know, how you you talk about it in a very normal fashion, which is again, you know, what we need to do. And we, you know, yes, we are, like you're saying, there's awareness about it. It's becoming a talked about thing, but it's not normalized enough in that sense. It's still stigmatized. And as you're saying, this is a thing that I see all the time in the work I'm doing. I'm talking in companies. I'm, I had a meeting, you know, recently with the government and I'm lobbying for different things and they say all the right things. And you hear in the media, oh, we've got to do this. Or I go into a company in, in the corporate, you know, world. Oh, yes, we've got to, you know, mental health is important because that's, you know, they've got to please their shareholders and make sure they tick all these boxes. But there's not that actual care of changing it. And then you really dig deeper and, you know, things, so on the on the surface of awareness, great, that's changed. Yeah. But I think the rest of it, there's just such a long way to go. And it is it is a fad. And then people are, you know, out there saying, I, I care about mental health because they want to look like, it, you know, they want that to look good on their public image, but they're not really doing anything about it. So it's just We're this- having those conversations. But once you have those conversations, what, what happens from that so exactly you know it's like we're talking about it we're talking about it, we're talking about it and that's great and and some real changes come of that you know for years if someone said are you okay i would say yes i'm fine thanks very much 
now if I'm not okay, I will actually, I won't go out of my way, but I'll say actually today's a pretty tough day. I feel pretty teary. I feel pretty shit about myself. Um, but thank you for asking. I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, depending on the person, depending on the situation, you know, that might conversation might go elsewhere or may not. But I'm at a point in my life where I want to be real and I want to be honest about that. And if someone asks me if I'm okay, I'm going to tell them the truth because um, I think that's part of the next step. Is, oh, totally. Is teaching people to be able to have the conversation beyond acknowledging that someone might not be okay. And, yeah, absolutely. and what is that next step? Is that next step that I need to have a check-in with my GP? Do I need to have a check-in with my psychologist? Do I need to have a, some intensive dynamic um, psychotherapy? Um, at what point? And, and this for me as someone who has a genetic predisposition to various mental health stuff, um, this for me is... Um, it, I've lost what I was going to say, but this for me is 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 a hugely important part of it that that we acknowledge and we accept, and then we see what the next steps are. Because nine times out of ten, people will say, "I think," or certainly up until the last couple of years, they will say, "Yeah, I'm fine, thanks." Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think that's and- a really important thing, and I don't know. I also think, and I'm not referring to you, but I think that, that there's a lot of cowboys or cowgirls that ride in on the fad of mental health and the buzz of that you know, um, and they want to be part of it. But what are they doing? There was oh, one um, pretty absolutely. high profile. Um, it became pretty high profile and I was involved in it. Um, mental health initiative. I, I won't refer to it by name, but um, it came in and, and they were doing photographs of celebrities. And um, But there was no what next. So mm-hmm. you post a photo mm-hmm. of something of someone and say, here's someone that's dealing with mental health. We need to talk about mental health. And that can be quite triggering to people, but there was no what next. It was all just to put it out there. We all know that people have mental health issues. There's no surprise there. The surprise is in the in the number of people that would say admit that they've got the problem. But you know, there's a lot of people out there that just want to be part of that buzz. But what are they doing next? And I'm not saying that I have the solutions, but I think I think we really need to sort of drive the conversation that way. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, I was involved with a mental health organisation. I was an ambassador for them, and you know, we we, we I hosted an event around um, uh, military um, ex military people and mental health in that space. And and one of the conversations that came out of that forum was that there were, let's say, fifty different organisations competing for funding, yes. attention, all of that. Well. And they were all doing good things individually, but there was no common thing to draw them all together. So they were all sort of competing against each other. And I think that is probably the case across all mental health spaces. And, I, you know, I'm just talking my lived experience. I can't tell you that that's exactly... I'm not a expert, mm. I'm not a mm. psychologist, but I, you know, I do try and educate myself in some of these things. And that was my observation. No, totally, mate. And, and you know, I think like you said there, you know, you're not an expert or a psychologist. I'm not an expert or a psychologist, but I think, you know, and that is critically important. We need to understand what, you know, how to find the right psychologist and, you know, if you need medication or what path to go down. But at the same time, we need people like yourself showing, you know, leading and, you know, you, you do have a public profile and you're going and showing vulnerability and that helps. It's helping me even here. And I try and do the same thing, but it really, it helps in a 
enormous way. I, you know, can never get over how much, you know, it's not doing anything unique. It's just being open and honest. I was in Vancouver recently at a, at a um, friend's house party and I was sitting with this group of six guys and they're asking about what I do. And I just got talking and I was sort of telling them about my, my history. And then I started asking them, you know, some pretty, you know, just, well, not, not, not what I found too, you know, deep questions, but they ended up individually, all of them came up to me after like, what the hell, Nick, you know, like you made me feel comfortable and that, you know, I've never talked to anyone about that. And they're all, and then they were like on a high, but I was like, well, it's not that unique what happened there, but just because it's like people, people find it abnormal that, that we're like, you know, like what me and you are doing, talking honestly about stuff. And the authenticity of it, you know, we've crossed paths, we've known each other for many years, but we've never really, you know, had that conversation. And and I think we've both recognised in each other that we have that commonality. I think there's some trauma that we've probably both experienced and I think we can feel that energy in each other. But, you know, you're a heterosexual, um, you know, man who's into fitness and all of that and sort of we're kind of polar opposites in my head. Um, But we really have a lot more in common than we think. Um, and there's something beautiful about having that conversation. I, I don't mean to make assumptions about you and I want to lump you in as being heterosexual or um, uh, only a man or whatever. <laughs> like I'm not, what a- don't mean to judge you or put any no, of of course, you yeah. in any boxes, but from the outside looking in, I think we both come from, look like we come from very different worlds. Um, and the reality is that we're not that dissimilar. But that's the whole thing. That's a good thing. You know, who I, I couldn't give a crap what, you know, someone's world world that they come from is or whatever it is. It's like we can all, I think if we all are open, we can, you know, find that way to connect. And there is, you know, like you're saying, there's that common connection where there's so many, you know, if you if you can be open and honest with each other, you find, oh, shit, you know, there's so much in common here. And the other stuff's just, you know, a public profile or whatever it is. So, yeah, um, I'm again, interested yeah. in... Um... I'm just looking at a photo of yours on your Instagram. I've got it up on my own. <laughs> and I think you're somewhere in the world. So it's happy Earth Day. You look like you might be in India. You've got a young kid yep. jumping on your shoulder. Is that in India? That is in India, yep. Um, and I've been thinking a lot lately about what mental health means in these other worlds. Like, you know, maybe I'm being selfish just sitting here in my privileged, white, middle-class, you know, whatever situation. And there's kids like that that in India, without making assumptions, that are literally just like, how am I going to eat my next meal? And mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I mean, brought out there that, um, that, you know, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just looking at Well, I think there's per- there's perspective to be gained in it. But, like, I, you know, I spent time in India and Africa and exactly what you're saying is what I experienced. You, like, go and interact with these people in, you know, local villages and they, you know, they don't have the luxury of thinking about anything else other than how do I get, you know, fresh water and food for my family and stay alive. You know, they, a lot of them don't even have a bed to sleep in. And you, but you look them in the eye and these, they're, they're genuinely present and happy or a lot of the time, I'm sure they have ups and downs, but you can see that they're actually present. And I don't think it's like something where it's like we're right or they're wrong, but the learning sort of is that um, I guess, you know, in the Western world, we have that luxury of, of opportunity and, you know, there's a million different decisions we could make every day. It's like, it's like even what you were talking about earlier. Um, before COVID, I, I want to fly overseas this weekend. I want to do this. I want to change career. I want to do that. I want to live overseas. I want to I, actually, no, I want to be famous now. I want to have this career. It's like, well, 
And that actually leads to, you know, depression and in extreme cases, suicide. People get that overwhelmed from too many options and too many decisions. So it's sort of, I don't think anything's right or wrong. It's sort of all relative, but the learning needs to be how do we within, you know, this chaotic world that's probably not going to change. It's actually going to get more extreme with where media is going, I guess. How, right. how do we personally navigate that and create systems where we can become, you know, self-sustainable as individuals to, to manage it? You know, that's what we need to do because uh, I don't think it's, you know, any anyone should feel guilty for, um, you know, suffering no. when we do have to, you know, because you get billionaires who become suicidal. It's like, not their fault that they haven't been taught techniques of how to deal with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's just an interesting, it's, it's something I yeah. think about a lot lately. It'd be lovely to go yeah. out or to have the opportunity to go out and speak to different communities and different people and different things. You know, I'm sure there's different cultures where they believe that mental health is not an issue. Like totally. And, and, and it does. Yeah. It would, it would. We should, we, we should start a um, travel show together, mate. The two of us yeah, travel I'd, around I'd and inter- interview around. these people. And interview going people to different communities yeah. going to you know speak to the long neck karen people on the border of burma and thailand and go and speak to totally people in tibet you know like i've been to tibet and it's amazing but you know what's their view on mental health but even within australia you know and um what is what does mental health look like in indigenous communities and there's you yeah. know one of the great shames of this this nation to me and my partner talk about it a lot um he's chinese australian um, was born in China, and and I, I, I think that what we've done to our Indigenous people in this country is absolutely disgusting, and mm. don't admit it. You know, we had Sorry Day many, many years ago, but we've never really taken it any further, and most people just say, oh, well, the Indigenous people, they just take money and that's all, you know, they just need to get over it. This is 2021 or whatever. But the reality is we've never truly accepted what we've done, and I'd love to... I, th- I just think we need to, as a country, admit our faults and our wrongs so that we can move forward further. And, and, and I think a huge part of that is the shame and, and the fear of admission of, of what we've done to this country. Absolutely. Mate, yeah. thing to say, but I, I believe that's what I believe. I'm not maybe articulating myself very well, but yeah. I no. Mean, well, imagine I'd, I'd be very curious to hear what, Indigenous communities say about mental health. It would be fascinating. Yeah, there's, a, there's, a, I'm sure there's a lot to be learned. There's two countries here in Australia, or more yeah. than two countries, but the Australia, the Indigenous Australian country, and then the, I mean, we don't, the fact that we don't learn any very little language, we're doing welcome to countries now, like they're going out of fashion, and I think that's important, but. You know, you've got to take, again, like the mental health conversation, you've got to take it a little bit further. But, yeah, I'm just yeah. waffling on, but I just, yeah, I think... Um, it's interesting. There's a lot we can learn. Yeah, and they, they don't have enough of a voice. So there is, you know, there's so much we could learn, mm. learn from that. Mm. Yes, my friend. It's the 10-year anniversary of Underbrax, and we've relaunched with the classic white pair. We've also got new styles coming out super soon. We're donating a dollar from every pair to mental health, currently to one in five. You can find all of this at www.underbrax.com. Uh, so you're, yeah, you've talked a lot about your, you know, your own personal struggles and your ups and downs. Are, are there for our listeners? Are there, you know, what what's worked for you? What what are there are there things that you do to, that help you cope? You know, what are some things that you know yeah. you've found over the years? You know, some of the things find that I've already, yeah, some of the things that I've already mentioned. Are, you know, being truthful about how I am and 
if someone asks, then being honest with them about it and obviously reading the room. But um, that is a huge part of, I think, for me, acknowledging whether when I am good and when I'm not so good. Um, uh, I do little things like um, when I had my last sort of breakdown and I, I wasn't hospitalised and there was no suicide attempts, but when I had my last sort of come apart, um, that was probably six or seven years ago. And um, at that point I took some pretty drastic steps and, and I stopped drinking and I stopped any other recreational drugs and I stopped looking at any of that sort of stuff. And mm. um, that for me was a really important step. I think we drink too much and, and I don't judge I think, you know, if, if I wish I was a person that could just have one drink. Um, mm. But for me, that I, I feel quite proud and quite comfortable in the fact that I choose not to. Um, yep. Then, So that was a huge step. Um, for me, I turn my phone off when I go to bed. Uh, it's a very simple thing. Um, I'd like to do it half an hour before I go to bed, but through COVID, I've been lying in bed watching streaming services on bed in bed before I go to sleep but in, yeah. in principle I would love to be able to put, turn my phone off half an hour before um so literally my phone is on airplane mode and no one can call me between 10 o'clock and seven o'clock in the morning mm. uh, that is a huge thing for me because I used to be on on all the time and at midnight Man, eight yeah. o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning five o'clock in the morning whatever time I would not just check my Instagram, not just check my Facebook, but I would also check Twitter. I would also check my email. I would always see, see text messages, WhatsApp, any of that stuff. And it was making me cuckoo. So for me, I'm not saying it works. Other people are fine. They can put their phone in another room. That's, that's fine. I couldn't actually, like the thought of doing that just freaks me out. Like I need my phone mm-hmm. to be near me, which is pretty sad. Uh, but I, I, I turn my phone on airplane mode. That's, that's probably one of the biggest things that I do to say, look, oh, this is my time. Yeah. And then yeah. when I wake up in the middle of the night and it's three o'clock and I do a pierce and then I go back to bed, I'm like, oh, should I check this? And I'm like, no, 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 this is sleep time. Yeah. Uh, it might, it sounds really simplistic, but that for me is a hugely important part of my routine. No, I think that's, I, I love that. And I think it's, you know, the, the the learning for people as well is it's not about having to, you know, change everything. It's like, how can you make that that small change? And I think that's a, a bigger problem for, you know, with the phone and, you know, not sleeping properly. And I'm, I'm finding I'm, I'm totally burnt out at the moment because I've been living over here for seven months. Um, my, most of my paid work's in Australia. So I'm like up late every night and I'm oh. checking my phone and doing, you know, so I don't sleep properly anymore. And I'm like, I, I actually have to change it now because I'm, it's really affecting me. It's affecting my mental health. I'm, my sleep's broken. I'm, I'm my brain's, you know, not knowing how to process things properly. And it's, yeah, it's, I think it's so important that we, you know, have, have yeah. to have boundaries with ourselves about these things. I'm one of those people that needs eight hours sleep. And if I don't get eight yeah. hours sleep, I'm absolutely cactus. Like yeah. Yeah. dead. My boyfriend often jokes, like I go to bed like early and then I lie in bed and I look at my phone or I watch a streaming service or whatever. So I go to bed, go to sleep around 10, 30, 11 on average. Um, but he thinks that's very funny because it's so early. But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I have to have that sleep. Like, And, and I'm always going, right, so if I've got to be, my, my thought process is if I've got to be up at 7 or if I've got to be up at 8, 
what time do I need to go to bed? Because if I can get 10 hours sleep, fuck yeah, I'm down for that. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, and totally. then counting the factor that I'll probably have a bit of an anxiety in my night. I'll probably wake up. I might wake up at six and not be able to get back to sleep. So if I go to bed at 10, then that factors in that there might be a little bit of extra time because um, that's just part of me. So, I yeah, love those yeah. things and, and, you know, all the other sort of normal things that probably people do that are pretty simple, but I have my dogs. I have four dogs between my boyfriend and I. We've got four um and i go walking every morning um i try and do basic fitness i'm not a fitness dude but i do um see a trainer a couple of times a week and i just do really basic things like that i do a bit of yoga um i've had i was diagnosed with arthritis everywhere about a year ago and that has put a spanner in the works of that so i can't do as much yoga as i used to like but, um, you know, yoga, yin yoga for me, getting a massage once a week, which is sounds a bit extravagant, but for me, for my body and stuff like that, that is a huge part of switching off. My phone, again, goes on airplane mode. If I can have a two-hour massage, a 90-minute massage, great. Um, it's just, it's me time. So those sorts of things are things that I do. It's important. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing all of that, mate. And I think, you know, it is like the the takeaway from that for everyone listening as well is it, it's just so important to have that time to yourself. You have to, you, you have to, everyone has to have some of that time to themselves, you know, where no one's superhuman. We, we all need to take that time out and, you know, we, yeah. otherwise we, we burn out, you know, it's like. Whether that's a guilty pleasure of watching Real Housewives and putting your phone in the other room or whatever. It doesn't or, matter. You know, just whatever that is for you, then try and find it because, I think it's really important. Absolutely. Personally. Um, no, I, I couldn't agree more, mate. So we, we finish every episode with um, five sort of closing questions. These are just quick answers, whatever sort of yes. comes to mind. Yes, is the answer. Um, whatever you say, yes. Just say yes to it all there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, and before that, for anyone listening, if they want to look you up or find more about you or your work, you know, where, sh- where should we send them? Uh, my Instagram is jmoconfidential, J-M-O, not Jamo, J-A-M-O, it's J-M-O Confidential. Um, Jonathan Moran, um, M-O-R-A-N on Facebook. Um, Twitter, I'm on there occasionally, although I find that's where I mostly get death threats and hate, so I sort of stay off Twitter mostly. Stay away from that, yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, I'm around pretty easy to find. I'm sure you can find my phone number, email. I get all Whatever you need. <laughs> and I'll put your Instagram and these handles in the in the show notes for, for anyone listening that wants to to learn more. But um, these closing questions. The first one is: What is the best childhood memory that comes to mind? Um, uh, my mum and my sister and I being a little unit, and and that was nice. really important. My twin sister and my mum, and yeah, we were. I, 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 there's not a, like a specific thing but i just feel that comfort of the three of us i love that that's nice um what do you think is the biggest burden on mental health in society at the moment oh gosh that's or one huge... of the biggest one, uh, one well, of the biggest of, one of the lack biggest. of fun, lack of funding and and then probably the competing interests the two different things but as i said before and that can be as simple as grassroots stuff or bigger stuff but there's a lot of great stuff going on but they're all sort of competing against each other and then again um the 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 tokenistic language that's used around mental health but is the money actually going there yeah totally we could do a podcast on just that topic i think there's so much to, to talk about with that um do you see things improving 
Yeah. I guess, you know, there's more awareness, but yeah, in general, you see it improving. Yeah. About six years ago, when I did have that last sort of breakdown and last sort of fall apart, I didn't want to live. I, I, I was, life was, I was alive to my family. Um, mm. And I did some pretty drastic things, changed my medication, had some psychodynamic therapy, blah, 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 blah. Um, and from that, through all of those processes, which took time, um, I learned to appreciate, not just appreciate, I want to be alive. Mm-hmm. I want to be alive. So, yes, I do have hope. I do have joy and love and hope and things will improve for sure. Because the right these conversations yeah. are happening for sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. things get better and things think- get worse again. And, you know, another fucking coronavirus strain might come like Moo that's traveling around all the different countries and she's immune to the vaccine and shit. And then we'll be locked down again. But are we heading in the right direction? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, what would you say is your personal definition of happiness? My partner and my family. And my family is my twin sister and her four daughters and her husband and then my extended family, but my mum isn't alive anymore. So my partner, Alex, um, is happiness to me and our, and, our, and our life that we're building together and then my, my sister and the kids. Beautiful. Uh, final one here, mate. Is that the right what answer? I love that answer. I think, <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's a beautiful answer. I like it. I like it. I also like expensive things. I like Louis Vuitton. I like Gucci. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, happiness for me is those five minutes where I'm opening something rich. But, yeah, in general, all that shit is just noise. <laughs> family is the real Yeah, and, and it's nice to have extremes in life. I feel like I'm like that. I've got this very deep side, but yeah. then I also like, you know, can have like other extremes as well. But anyway, yeah. um, <laughs> that's life. <laughs> Uh, so final one, what would you say is the most courageous thing you've ever done? Oh, God, that's a tough. Or one of them. I'm not very good at seeing my own praises because for most of my life I've thought I'm a piece of shit. But um, well, I think you've done in- incredible stuff, mate. Yeah, I just, I'm just talking about in, you've reality, done a lot. Yeah. in my head, yeah. you know. Um, I think probably the most important courageous thing that I've done is this, having these conversations, being open about my mental health battle because it comes at a cost and that cost is that people discount you often uh, and they think and, and while the, all the right things are being said, they still see you as less than or weaker than. So I feel that if I have the strength to speak up about my mental health issues, then, then that's putting it on the table and I think that's courageous if I'm honest. Speaking similarly, and we didn't touch on it in this podcast, but um, and it fits in the same tone, is um, I was sexually abused for many years as a kid and and that all sort of ties into my sense of self-worth and all of that. And so I've been quite vocal about that. And over recent years I've found more strength to talk about that stuff, again, because I feel that even if one person feels less alone through me finding that strength, then I am doing heading in the right direction um and the truth is it comes at a great cost because um after having these conversations you can feel very depleted um Mm -hmm. so i think that's very courageous of me uh and i think fighting the good fight um trying to do the right thing 
speaking up for marriage equality, um, all of those things are things that I feel are courageous in a world that, that you know, shuts down voices like mine or the, the more extreme voices are, are, are louder and they get more attention, but my, I just try and do the right thing and I think I, th I try. There's a lot of people out there that probably think I'm a fucking asshole, but I try and do the right thing. Through the Which pain. is all we can do. Yeah, through, it's all we can pain. do. And, and if I'm honest with you, yeah. Nick, there's a lot of pain and I'm still working through it. But like I said, if I feel, if, I, if I've got that strength today, then I'll share it with you in the hope that it helps someone else. I think, yeah, well, look, um, thank you so much for coming on and being so open and, and sharing all of that. And I think, you know, the most courageous thing you can do uh, is, you know, be vulnerable like that. And there's so much strength in that. And I don't think anyone's ever going to, you know, have all the answers. We're all growing and learning forever. There's no end. But the fact you can, you know, talk openly about that, you're setting an example for so many people. So The way, the way I see it, Nick, is that no one can hurt me more than my head has already hurt myself. The amount of hate that I level at myself yeah. inside that I'm ugly, that I'm this, that I'm dumb, that I'm that. And I know logically that it's not right and that it's not true, but that, yeah, Ex no one can hurt me anymore. So fuck it. I'm yeah. going to be honest. It's my truth. It's my story. I'm going to own it. And, 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 and I'm not saying it's the only truth. It's just my truth. And I love that. there might be holes in it. There might be things that are wrong with it. Um, but it's my truth and, and again, if I can, it's, I feel a bit arrogant saying it, but if I do, if I am able to help one person, maybe two, maybe three, um, by feeling less alone and, and connected in any way, shape or form with, with their story maybe being similar to mine, then hopefully that does some good in the world because what else are we here for? We're not here for a long time. I think it'll it'll 100% do good in the world. And, and you, you know, like you're saying, it's like I've got the same thing where I'm like constantly working against myself and, you know, you're beating yourself up in your head and you're like, well, <laughs> no, no one else can really do, you know, hurt you more than that. So it's like I, I think it's such a good point what you said there. And, and yeah, love everything you've talked about, mate. So, you know, thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. I, you know, I wish we could, you know, catch up more often. So this has been really nice to have yeah. this well, time with you as well. And we will catch up. You're always, we will, a, we'll have to, there's always a spare room at my place. If you want to uh, crash on the couch or in the, in the spare room and yeah, keep it up. And if you need any support, any help, just yeah, let me know. Appreciate it, mate. Thank I'm you so sorry much. I look like, like I literally look like shit. My hair is like a bob. It's, I'm, fucking terribly embarrassed but you know i'm kind of owning it as well i will crop i'm starting wearing crops like that's that's my life oh well there you go it's <laughs> this is covid life mate we've got to you got to make do <laughs> all right well, thanks again Stay awesome mate. thank you so much thanks to jonathan rand for joining me today for move your mind if you'd like to learn more you can go to moveyourmind.me or you can check out the move your mind book at nickbrax.com slash book planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.